You're a disaffected liberal, is that fair to say? I think that's very extremely fair to say. Why? I was hoping you guys would tell me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's great about you and I? We both look liberal and we both look visibly disaffected. <laughs> <laughs> there are decisions that I think every human being makes or comes to that are in my internal Supreme Court, a five to four decision. I think that's the thing that people won't acknowledge. Hey guys, Trigonometry needs your help. We took a big risk creating the show, and for us to keep doing the incredible work that you all love, we need your support. That's the only way we're going to stay independent and create content that you won't be able to find anywhere else. There is no other podcast where you'll hear interviews with Nigel Farage one week, and the next week you've got Aaron Bastani, the founder of left-wing show Navara Media, on the same platform. You know the mainstream media aren't honest. You know they've been caught lying again and again. You know they can't be trusted. The only way to change that is to make a stand and support independent content creators like Trigonometry to produce better and more honest content. We have big plans and we'll shortly be announcing exciting new shows and more terrific interviews with huge guests. That isn't going to happen without your help. When you support us, you also get incredible extra content such as extended interviews with none of those irritating adverts, and they'll be released 24 hours early just for you. We'll have exclusive bonus interviews that only you get to hear. Click the link on the podcast description or find the link on your podcast listening app to join us. Support us and help change the way we have conversations and make the world saner. Neil, we interviewed Bill Maher a couple of days ago. And one of the things we were saying to him is how much we respect the fact that he sticks to the ethos that we always thought was the ethos of comedy, which is you make fun of both sides. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't go, oh, those guys over there that we hate, let's just bang on about how evil they are endlessly. But you actually make fun of both sides. And Blocks, your latest special, does that incredibly well. Is that something you were conscious of when you were doing that? Is that something that is kind of a thing that you think about? Or is it just something that comes naturally? Uh I think the jokes come uh, involuntarily, and then, and then, you, I I don't go well. I'm going to be losing. I don't want to lose because I've realized something. I, the older I get, the more I realize like you never have the group anyway. Especially liberals, you never have them. There's no the the goalposts keep moving. So. You're, the purity test gets purer and purer, so there's no point in courting them because there's no loyalty. I don't now. Having said that, I think there is more loyalty on the right, but I don't believe a lot. Like you know what I mean? Like I just don't agree with the. I'm I'm like I, I'm I'm oriented to the left. You're a disaffected liberal. Is that fair to say? I think that's very extremely fair to say. Um, uh, yeah. No, I was going to say why. Um, I was hoping you guys would tell me. Uh, <laughs> uh, I think the, the, as I stated, there's not a ton of loyalty. There's, it's the, it's all the old arguments, the circular firing squad, the, uh, the, they'd rather attack, you know, an impure liberal than, than a, a, just a super far right person. Um, and there's blind spots that on both sides, and I think knowing more liberals than, than conservatives, they just blind to them, you know? Yeah, th that's the thing that I find frustrating. And as someone who would call themselves a disaffected liberal as yeah. well, that's the thing that I struggle with. You know what's with. great about you and I? We both look liberal and we both look visibly disaffected. <laughs> <laughs> Are you saying I've got right wing vibes? You, well, the Blazer's not doing you a ton of <laughs> That is true. That yeah. is true. It's the centrist Blazer. It drags yeah. me to the we middle. We just look sad, is what I'm trying to say. We look like we're waiting for the Blur concert to start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we do. We, we do. We just, we, you know, this is, I think this is, you know what part of it is, Neil? I've got Irish heritage and I've got Latino heritage. And when you've got Irish, you get pale, you get sad. Yep, doesn't matter you sure what do. you mix it with. You sure do. Thank and you, you drink. And you drink. Oh, then, you. And then you stop drinking. Thank you. <laughs> but, it, but it's interesting what, what you were saying because it's the blind spots that I find frustrating. 
Not that you believe a certain thing, because if you believe a certain thing, then great, believe a certain thing, whatever it is. But it's the blind spot. So I'm like, can you not see this? Yeah, it just, it's, defensiveness isn't attractive on anybody, and and especially ideological defensiveness. And, uh, and, and so it's just this, it became, I think in the age of social media as well, it became more, people became more and more intractable in their points of view and then it became if they could dunk on you then it was settled and it's like no this is a fixed fight this is a fixed fight it's a i have a term for it which is a uh putin karate tournament you ever see putin do karate seems fixed doesn't it <laughs> where he's just flipping people over and just like so there the most of the internet is a is a putin's karate tournament and and uh and but and then everybody gets in their their silos and it's just it and then it's just a pure diet of 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 confirmation bias and it it's it's i feel like it's kind of stopped a little bit mm. but it was it was heading hard in one direction for 13 years probably yeah in my estimation. And I think one of the reasons that I, I'm certainly disaffected is when I was, I don't know how old you are, I'm 40. When I, don't I, was talk about, I don't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't. Um, when I was growing up, it was the religious right who all the comedians that I respected, Carl and Hicks, yeah. it's, were yep. making fun of. Yep. And the reason was, those were the people who were saying, can't say that, can't do this, yeah. can't have this opinion, don't, don't yeah. use that word. Mm -hmm. You know, Hicks's last Letterman uh, monologue was censored. It was not published for over a decade, I think, because he made fun of religious yes. people, right? So they were, quote unquote, the bad guys for comedians, yes. for people who believe that expression is important, for people who believe in the ability to joke and take the piss, as we say, et cetera. And so the reason I'm disaffected is like, then it flipped. And now yeah. the people going, you can't say this, you can't do that, are like our team, if you like. I still think it's, I think, still think it's, I think it's still the religious right and now the left also. The religious left. I don't even think it's, yes, <laughs> precisely. Yeah. I have a Hicks observation. I, he, you'll meet no bigger Hicks fan than me. Saw him live. Wow. Introduced Dave Chappelle to Bill Hicks. Dave said he's never seen me more nervous. It was like 1992 or three. Um, that joke about uh, American Gladiators where he says, watch these pituary retards. Mm -hmm. Pituary is not a word. He meant pituitary. Mm. And it's a fucking tragedy that he said that in public. He just was misusing a word publicly. One of the smartest comedians ever. Um, neither here nor there. Uh, the, it is now, it's, it's the thing where now, uh, you know, the left is advocating um, not saying, misgendering. Or, uh, you can't misgender people that's just one example. And the right's still trying to ban books. So it's both sides uh, to me that are both still doing um, all of the things that are easy to make fun of. Mm. And they well, are they're just banning different books. They're both banning different books, you know? When you say banning books, what do you mean? Because I'm not uh, like the like the on the right wanting to not uh, in Florida getting rid of all the DEI curriculum and whatever. You can call it banning books, or you can call it uh, they don't want that type of stuff published or taught. Well, taught and published are very different things, right? Like banning something for you know not reading Mein Kampf to five year olds is not banning the book. It's it's how you decide yeah. what the education yeah. system teaches people, right? Yeah. So I, 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 that's why I always sort of, I'm not sure that they are banning books exactly, but I know what you mean. There's you know a, what I mean though. Like, there is yeah. a, there's a desire for restriction and censorship on, on every side, particularly towards the extremes. Yes. Yeah, mm. I see what you're saying. But, and it, the thing that also that I find frustrating and worrying actually is a much better word is we've kind of, things have kind of settled down now. They've kind of, yeah. we, we hit a peak during the Trump years and now they're starting to settle, to settle. People are starting to become less entrenched. People are, there's a modicum of common sense being injected into the discourse. It's less insane. But then I look over the horizon and I see 2024 and I'm going, holy fuck, it's gonna get bad again. 
Heat up your hot takes, fellas, because <laughs> we are going to need them. Uh, I think it will be insane. I think it will be less insane than it's been because I think people thought that there was going to be some promised land of, of uh, like, we'll just settle these arguments and I'll expend a ton of energy on this, on arguing online and all this stuff. And then we'll all figure it out and we can go back to life as we knew it. And what they realized is the arguments were not settled and all you can kind of do is like divest yourself a little bit of the intensity and like, I, I just got to go on Twitter less mm -hmm. or just coming to like personal decisions of like, I, I, you know, people now are saying, it, when they say I got into an argument on Twitter, it's with a sense of shame now mm -hmm. or a sense <laughs> of exhaustion. And like, I can't fucking believe it. I did it again. Yeah. Whereas before it was like, I got into an argument. Can I show you? And it was it was more proud and righteous. And now it's it seems a little bit more exhausted. Because we're starting, I think more and more we're starting to understand, Neil, that actually social media isn't good for us. Whereas before, because it was so brand new. I'm holding out hope. Oh, <laughs> I want it. No, yeah, of course it was brand new. We thought there was some bounty awaiting us if we won that argument like it would be settled and it's just not never going to be it's like all technology it has i mean social media is fucking brilliant mm -hmm. and it's fucking terrible yes that's what it is and so like many things you know we interviewed uh, tom billy from impact theory yesterday i don't know if you're familiar with him but he he said something that really first of all explained why we started the show but also just gave a frame for how to think about these things he was saying I believe we need a creative tension between different sides on many issues, left mm -hmm. and right and whatever else it might be. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we're talking about the centrist blazer. Like, that's what I always thought. The left has some good ideas. The right has some good ideas. Uh, they both have some terrible ideas, particularly the extremes. How do we kind of synthesize from different sides? But we have been pushed apart. And that center ground where the good stuff happens that is less and less populated now. Do you, would you agree? I, the, the thing that on coming here, I was thinking about like, not like I'm like, Neil, you need to decide who you are. <laughs> um, this is a, a once and for all. There are decisions that I think every human being makes or comes to that are in my internal Supreme Court, a five to four decision. Mm. There are no unanimous decisions. There are things where I am 53% for, 47% against, but I have to vote in favor of, of the 53. And, and I think that's the thing that people won't acknowledge. Yeah. Like that, that we are living, especially now, society is so transparent. Our lives are so transparent. It was easier before when we just didn't know anything. Yeah. I'm doing a joke where I'm like, it was better before documentaries because we could say stuff like, yeah, the whale wants to be at SeaWorld. <laughs> <laughs> and then you go, then all these documentaries, there's footage of everything. Everyone's trackable. So now we know everyone's hypocrisies, including ourselves. So, and you guys probably know firsthand the more aware you are, or if you grew up in the church or whatever, in the Catholic church, like I did, like the more aware people are of their own hypocrisies, the more they'll cover it up and no, 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 and shove it down. And so I'm kind of comfortable now just saying like, I'm a hypocrite, you know, hypocrite in a lot of ways and I'm happy to make fun of them. And, you know, uh, even the, if you get down, like take abortion, for instance, if you get down to the core argument, it's like, when does life begin? That's a pretty fucking big question, huh? <laughs> so that's like the heartbeat. Okay. How'd you come to that? How does it, once you start asking follow-ups, so many arguments fall apart. And I think prior to social media uh, and the, in a transparent, basically a transparent society, we were more comfortable just accepting like, yep, I'm pro-choice or I'm pro-life or whatever. And then you get into the specifics of anything and it's, it's you just go, yeah, I'm, I'm barely, I'm this, but not by a ton. And that's such a great point because 
I think that's one of the problems of our age is the death of nuance. Like people wanting to pretend very complex, very serious issues are relatively simple. And you're like, come on, man. If it was relatively simple, wouldn't we have solved this? Wouldn't we have gone, oh, we just need to do this and then move on to the next thing? Yeah. I and and even and and I also, as a comedian, I I know people with wildly divergent opinions. Uh and always have and it's are you funny are you nice great it's like it's i've been friends with joe rogan for 30 years and and sometimes people on the left will be like how and i'm like because he's fucking funny and nice Hmm. yeah and and like has helped like did was nice to me when i was a doorman at a comedy club had no reason to be other than just like i like this guy he likes him whatever he was he did Chappelle show before it was popular. He he's had me on his podcast a dozen times. Like I don't I'm not I'm I'm less uh apt to wanna sort of dismiss or 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 throw people away. Because I know that everyone's opinion isn't maybe he's got a 55, 45 opinion that we disagree. I it's not a blowout. It's like that's what that's where he ended up and and I can accept it as a human being who has his own process th- to accept that other people ran their process and that's the decision they came to. And also as well, if you're going to be one of those people who ditches people, which is a lovely way of putting it. I would it, like to say I have ditched people. <laughs> I don't want to say, like, I've never, Im- I have. Yeah, yeah I've got so, I mean, be- And I kind of regret it. Yeah. Why did you, sorry, Francis, I think that's a good follow-up. Yeah. Why did you ditch people and why do you regret because it? Because when things are fevered, during an election or during a big, you know, a big uh, Supreme Court decision or January 6th or whatever, you start to feel like these are uh, like primal life and death. Existential. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and you start to go like, I must. There was also this thing of, of it felt like, or, or COVID where we had to, if you believe this, then you believe all these other things that I can't, countenance i cannot accept that in you and it's just it's i so i would make decisions again not a ton and i can't even think of any specifics but but i know i have so i don't i want to cover myself um and and that you you feel like it's the noble thing to do you know it's the noble for my ethics meanwhile my ethics are fucking paper thin (laughs) (laughs) and why do you regret it because it's childish it's childish. It's just a childish way to 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 uh, approach, you know, nothing. Well, not nothing is that important, but but it's 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 a it, it speaks to a lack of maturity on my part. And what it also doesn't acknowledge is how precious friendship is. Yeah, that's a big one. I mean, that's another big one where it's like, like I said about Joe. Joe's not even a. Yeah, it's like. Because they're not like, it's interesting in this sort of, sort of scarlet letter time of like, ah, (laughs) you know, the thing that, that people, a value that totally got lost was loyalty. Mm. Yeah. The value of, like, no, I like this person. They've been kind to me. They've helped me. I can't now just immediately turn my back because, because uh, you know whatever what whatever small infraction it is, um, and and there's also that thing with the with the Me Too stuff where it's hard to know how to you you risk if you defend somebody uh, or even defend their right to like a fair hearing right then you're anti the other side you know whether you're like i believe this woman well are you saying that it's a rush to judgment on about the guy okay and if you say i stand with the guy's right to of uh, then you're you you're you hate all women 
I mean, we had this with in um, with the when vax. When he got me too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I yeah. came out and we quashed not it. Not guilty. Yes, exactly. I mean, that, that's not exactly what they said. Right, no, 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 yeah, no. The lack of evidence. But yeah, um, yeah. but and also as well, to, just talking about how precious friendship is. We live in a world now where we're on online more and more and more. Friendship, especially in real life, just seems to be receding. And what happened to, oh, yeah, I mean, he can, look, he's a bit of a dick about this, but he's a great guy. I think computers, meaning I don't think that there's much, who needs friends? <laughs> it's, <laughs> a, it's, I, so, I think it was an Onion article or somebody where it was, it was uh, people can't have three minute phone conversations, but can listen to two hour podcasts. Mm. That's somehow, no, that's easy, you know, but like just getting on the, when someone calls you there, you're like, what? You know, whereas and you guys release a podcast, we all know, and we're all waiting, just we're hitting refresh. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but seriously, like there, there is less of a in-person, it's not a product people want anymore. Uh, like an in-person relationship is less necessary in the age of, I can get my exact order delivered to my exact location and I don't get challenged in any way. I don't get, uh, I don't get sort of, a pre you don't get any human interaction, but one of the main ones is I don't get challenged. I don't get inconvenienced, I don't have to shower, I don't have to do all the stuff that's a, a bit of a, a bit of an inconvenience. I think our brains make it like a huge inconvenience. You just imagine it is way worse than it is. So I think the, the it is there is a weird thing where it's a lack of we feel like there's a lack of a necessity for friendship it's interesting you say that because i know that i think podcasts show that it's the opposite is also true and but two things can be true at once right uh we have a mutual friend i don't agree <laughs> we have a mutual friend where like i disagree with them a lot more than you do probably and we have such a great time because the, that's interesting to me, talking to interesting people who think about things in a complex way, who don't agree with me. And we talk for hours and likewise with lots of other people. And I think the reason people enjoy podcasts is, you know, we have uh, people who watch our show who are like, we watched that episode and then I sat down with my husband and we talked about it for two hours. Yeah. If you value honesty, integrity, and diversity, all things that are increasingly lacking in established media, then consider supporting us at Trigonometry. As a member, you'll get ad-free and extended interviews, plus exclusive content. Click the membership link on the podcast description or find the exclusive episodes link on your podcast listening app to join us. You know? There is something to be said for, uh, I believe a guy named Jonathan Solomon, a comedian in the 80s and 90s, did a joke about uh, Cosmo magazine being the playbook of the enemy and and it was just like a good it's like a good observation like women's magazines like what are these what are these crazy people thinking right um there is something to be said for what is the other side thing it's also fun having a friend that is on the other side so to speak and you guys talk shit about your own side with each other <laughs> yeah. where you're like oh yeah you're totally right about this. Like, right like what does that person think so that's enjoyable and also it can be entertain it's entertaining like it's just if somebody's got a if somebody thinks that hillary clinton is a vampire or whatever <laughs> and and they can show me a good joke about it i don't think hillary clinton's a vampire but i if you do i can see why that's funny and therefore i can kind of get in i think it's funny now because yeah. I, part of it is I think your point of view is ridiculous, but this is a good illustration of it. Mm. Like I love the Babylon Bee. I don't agree with them politically, but like, I've done their pocket. Like comedically, those guys. I send those articles as I send those links as much as any other comedy, other than the Onion. It's like one and one A in terms of like, fucking look at this joke. This is a fucking good joke. There is there is something really delicious about someone trashing your side or your beliefs. So I really enjoy, like when I was watching Blocks as a disaffected liberal, the joke about, you know, you're a conservative, welcome. You go to a group of liberals, eh, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. 
Yes. That's a, the maybe the worst telling of that joke. I know. I was going to say, but you fucking butchered please, it. Please, please cut to a clip. I'm begging you. I'll clear it with Netflix. I'll call Ted Sarandos myself. A um, conservative goes to a group of conservatives. They say, welcome. Yeah. Yeah. A liberal goes to a group of liberals. They say, we'll see. Yes, and yes. And I I also butchered it because I fucked. We'll yep. insert the clip. <laughs> Let's Fuck. just insert the I, clip. Now I'm afraid. I, I'm not even going to tell because I'm afraid I'll fuck it up. <laughs> like it's going to be contagiously. <laughs> you're going to be, you're getting a. You started this. Yeah, yes. I know. Neil's comedy um, is brilliant. It's much better yes. than. It's we, much better than. Slightly better. Yeah. The problem with being liberal is there's no amount of liberal that's ever liberal enough. Like if there's a bunch of Republicans standing around and someone comes up and goes, hey, I'm a Republican. They go like, come on in. There's a bunch of liberals standing around, a liberal comes up and goes, hey, I'm liberal. They're like, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, it, there is no, I, I understand uh, Gavin Newsom joke. Like I get right. what, if I was not liberal, I would understand how loathsome people find Gavin Newsom or, or Nancy Pelosi or, or uh, well, who was the corpse? <laughs> the corpse who finally no that's the other corpse um the uh yeah i've been doing a joke that we're either gonna get we're they gonna be led by trump from jail or biden from hospice and that's just where we are as a country um yeah like i like admitting that biden's fucking incredible wildly old you know what i mean like admitting that barbara Bo is that no it wasn't who was the lady who just died like a month ago oh fine fine yeah, yeah she wouldn't give it up so so admitting, like, I, and not pretending it's in any way uh, cool, I think you just go, yeah, Biden's a corpse, but I'm going to vote for him. Because I, I don't care what the president looks like or even how he walks. I need the votes. That's my point of view on it. Mm. I don't see it as, like, a leadership position. as like the optics. And all that. I just don't. That just doesn't speak to me. And what does that say, Neil, about American society? Because you look at America, you go, you've got all these great thinkers, you've got some of the best colleges in the world, you've got all these amazing people here, and you go, that's the best you can give me? Um, yeah, it's, it's funny because I, I think of like a young, someone under 55 couldn't win because they have too much shit in public. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's going to have to take that generation, like people over 60 to die, and then it'll be a bunch of candidates with, with dick pics <laughs> and uh, controversial old tweets, and it, it'll just have to be like a mutually assured destruction thing where, where it was kind of like when everyone knew Bush did coke, but there was even with the media, they were kind of like, what I think it's gonna get to that point. I hope. Or or I don't even know if I hope. I don't know if it's better. <laughs> I just, I'd say that's where we're going. But we just gotta run out of old people first. Kind of, yeah. Or like people that believe in that those sort of or even Obama said he did cut like so it just became this thing of like what's permissible um for a candidate. And what does this whole environment do for comedy? Is this like a really good time? Do you feel? I think it's a good time. I don't look all even all my friends who have gotten canceled are doing arenas. <laughs> so so I'm not. I wouldn't cry for Chappelle or Rogan or, or Tom or any of these like or any of these guys are all these guys are doing incredibly well and the tension is fun yeah. to me mm. to me it's fun it's fun it's like the there's more lasers and you kind of have to you know get around them in a cleverer way you know than than uh just kind of or or not or you can just say whatever you want and deal with the deal there the backlash seems to be i think the backlashers realize like this is useless and they're creating popularity for the people they're making that stars i suppose the one question i always think about is that's definitely true for you and if someone wants to try and cancel us it will be true for us is that true for a new comic who's sort of making their way up i mean i think shane gillis uh is a good example of uh somebody who used the uh cancel hit his cancellation as a jujitsu mm -hmm. um 
and it's a springboard. Like, oh, you never heard of me? And I'm now the guy who did a Chinese, uh, offensive Chinese accent that that every single human being alive has done. <laughs> and then Chinese people have done a different accent. Chinese people have done Indian. <laughs> and then everyone has their accent that they secretly do. Um, so... So I don't, I see it as like, I don't worry about the young, the next generation. Cause I don't think that there's much of a, there, I, I don't think it worked. I just don't think it was like a, I, I don't, I think it, I don't know if it totally backfired, but it's just, you're just creating, you just was a st- form of like, you know, star search or something. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, this is what I say, you know, in terms of cancel culture, what the way to defeat it is to go, oh, you try to cancel somebody, well, they're bigger now, you know? And then eventually, I mean, these people are quite slow, but eventually <laughs> they'll work out this isn't <laughs> what you do. Yeah, I think, well, it hasn't happened in, it hasn't happened since Dave Chappelle with the trans stuff. So I think, and they, they kind of, I don't know if they would. Anyone would consider that a success? No, no, I don't think. Um, no, Dave probably does. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, uh, you go for it. Yeah, I was going to say actually. So, could you make the Chappelle Show now on TV? By the way, Chappelle Show is your used to be a teacher. Yeah, your used to be a teacher. Is like, <laughs> yeah. um, you really do watch trigonometry. It's, it's going to come up. Um, do you know he's from Venezuela? Uh, I don't know what the fuck that has to do with anything. <laughs> he says it every other episode. Oh, is that yeah. the other one? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. yeah. I only have my, two talking points. He's not as big yeah. a fan as we yeah. thought. No, yeah. I know. I fucked. I, you caught me. Uh, <laughs> That's all gotcha. Um, we'll be right back. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things where... Uh, I don't want to say, like, we couldn't do it today. Mm. Um... I think it would be a bigger pain in the ass because yeah. for all of the, as much as I say like cancel culture doesn't work, I would say it's taxing on a person's spirit, um, whether you're Dave or Joe or, or, or you know, Shane Gillis or whatever. It, it, you get through it, but it is like, fuck. I think it's a bit of like a... Um, and that would have been, there was not much of a, the only barometer for like, should we do this was personal. It wasn't, we, there was no worry about so-and-so is going to come down. And it was more just like, eh, do you wanna, is that a thing that's worth, is that an idea that's worth promoting? Yeah. You know? You know, there are some comics who say, actually, they like those lasers now being in place. I agree. That's what I mean. I, I would say I'm one of those comics because it it certainly like, you know, uh, separates. I was going to say men from the boys. It feels like you can't say that anymore. <laughs> I don't, and I don't even know why. I don't know why you can't say that anymore, but I don't think you can. I just, it feels bad. Yeah, yeah. it's because we're sitting in LA. Yeah, there you go. That's why. That's why. Do you ever feel like there's, I know you get the sense of lasers, and that was so beautiful about blocks, is that it felt like a comedian who was at the top of their game, tap dancing around the lasers. But do you ever, because we've spoken to people about this and liberal comics as well, who say that it kind of influences their writing somewhat. Like they find themselves self-censoring as opposed to a more overt, like you can't say that from person over there. I, yeah, it, that's what I mean. It ends up being you, you, even the cancel culture, it does, the specter of it exists. I don't, it's not a ton of stuff that I'm like dying to say. There are some words that are not very acceptable anymore that I, I'm going to be honest with you, I miss. Uh, it like wasn't, retard. Yeah, we all it's miss a great it, word. It's a great word. It's a great, Rogan has a great bit about this, how like people have lost, and this is something I wanted to talk to you about, which is people have lost their ability. Retards. <laughs> Retards have lost their ability to understand context. And his point is, when you've got somebody saying that to a five-year-old mentally handicapped kid, that's fucking unacceptable. Mm-hmm. But if you're saying it about a guy in his 40s who thinks the earth is flat, it's perfect. Yeah. 
I yeah, I would agree with that. Um, so and that's part of the, that's why I missed it. Yeah. That's why I miss it. Um, is be, it's just an effective tool. Yeah. You know, and it's so you just go, you're oh, look at this neurodivergent motherfucker. <laughs> you just have to like it's Doug, Doug Stanhope used to do a bit about where it just moves on. Yeah, because at one point retard was the clean word. It was mm-hmm. like the substitute word and they just pie it. They just evolve. Um, and and so so I don't I, I miss it. But again, it's like, all right, I'll get another tool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'll say neurodivergent motherfucker and everyone will hear retard do you think the lasers make you better make you more skilled now you're having to kind of bob and weave I, I a little don't know bit. i maybe I, it's uh i will say tension helps comedy so i yeah. let's say it does make it more more it makes it it there, there's more tension so if you can hit it right um that was the great thing the jokes and blocks that i like doing was like most of my crowd is liberal so like making fun of abortion and guns and and the purity tests and all that stuff was and hearing them laugh was it was like okay so you're i'm not alone in in recognizing this mm. so i think the tension do, is useful overall in common and it also brings i have a theory that a few people have stolen but but there were these pillars of of um of of wisdom or pillars of just kind of moral or societal pillars government but again i'm talking about 100 years ago or, yeah. or six yeah. years ago government um clergy and media and you could even throw like business in there mm-hmm. yeah and then they all got exposed through various means and fell and then it became like you know who's pretty wise is that george carlin or that john stewart or that or or dave or even like michael moore at a point or chris rock or guys that are and women that were in wanda and sarah and like people that were that are smart and so then comedians become the kind of pillars of uh they they're de facto because everybody else fell so but and our job is just to be funny and like i don't think carlin was trying to be wise he just kind of was but but we became the sort of de facto weirdly kind of pillars of wisdom and morality (laughs) I, and I don't think I'm wrong. It, I, no, it's absurd, right. but I don't. It's absurd, but I think it's also maybe true. Yeah, yeah. and that's that's kind of worrying that as well. Worrying. That is worrying because, look, I love comedy. Biggest comedy fan. I'm a comedian. I, I don't know if I want a comedian to, know, have, to, know, to know, have that role in society. Yeah, it's like I was Greg Fitzsimmons, a buddy of mine, comedian, and he's he's he started with Joe, and he's so we just talk about like when the White House is getting mad at Joe or CNN's talking about Joe, Fitzsimmons helped Joe steal his car stereo back from his ex-girlfriend. Like, just, we all have these stories of like, Dave Chappelle's a moral leader, and I'm like, I've got stories. (laughs) But they're all personal stories. It's just this weird thing of like, them? Okay. It speaks to the same thing about like, what does it say about uh, American politics that, that I'm willing to vote for a corpse. Um, <laughs> but it's, it. I now having said that, I don't think Joe and Dave are immoral or, no. but I, I don't they're think, human. they're yeah, they're human. And I think there is like a, there's a, a learning curve where I remember when, when John Stewart was being held up as a, like a lot of people were getting the news from him and he was like, I'm on after fucking robots fighting each other. Like, I don't want to be in like puppets making crank phone calls. I don't want to be the arbiter of information and morality, but nobody else stepping up, you know. And I would argue that perhaps in some ways you could argue it's gone too far. And so like Trevor Noah, for example, yeah. he, he does like lectures, right? 
He, he just, what do you mean? In like in the world or in on the show? On the show. Yeah. He will do a whole segment about a very contentious issue that people will see from different sides depending where yeah. they are. There's not much humor in it quite often. And it's kind of like him giving, it's like a political sort of mm. speech. And and I, I don't necessarily blame him for that. I think there's a demand for that. Yeah. That's kind of, that's what you're saying. We've kind of got to a position where comedians were like, thrust into this space it's funny when there's a tragedy uh shooting 9-11 i think people remember letterman's 9-11 post 9-11 monologue and john's post 9-11 monologue more than bush (laughs) you know more it's like why am i looking to seth myers and trevor for leadership again these are guys that i know very well and i'm like i don't have like again i've got stories i don't mean that with david joey it's just like they're very human and they didn't move to new york or la to like i'm going to do some moral leadership right ma pack my bat you know it's like it's just a weird you know abdication on the part of all these other institutions and look, I understand these people are your friends and whatever, so this isn't me trying to get no, you. No, I don't think you are. No, I'm not. But I've got another question, <laughs> <laughs> which is um, a lot of people, particularly there's a lot of people in the center, center right who would look at Trevor now and go, oh, he's not funny. And I'm like, I used to watch his stand-up. He's fucking amazing. Trevor's fucking, fu- Trevor's, he's fucking amazing. Again, like I, Trevor's really fucking funny. However, if I mainly watch the moral lectures that I see retweeted on Twitter, yeah. I would think he's not funny. Sure. And what I wanted to ask you is, and, you know, feel free to answer any way you want. I'm not trying to lead you anywhere. I'm just curious. As an outside observer watching these late night shows, Mm -hmm. it feels to me, disagree if you want, that they've lost teeth and they've lost humor. They're not as funny and they're not as biting and they're not as interesting to me. Am I I wrong? I I know what you mean about their you kind of know what the uh what they're gonna the area that they're gonna talk about what they're gonna say it's fairly prescribed um i think it's a a a market decision in that it's it's the type of people who come to the taping Mm -hmm. you have to do well if i'm if i'm i would do the daily show sometimes i wouldn't do that well because they weren't really my people, so to speak. Um, they so you've got the type of people who wanted to come to Seth's tape, any literally any Bill Mars tapings. Um, like they 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 come to hear a certain type of thing, right? Well, so, here's sorry to interrupt. I want to hear the rest, but here's where I might disagree with what you're about to say, which is I think Bill, what he's done is he's actually shown leadership. And- I what's funny about Bill is. He would bomb sometimes, and I saw it as a uh, a good thing. Meaning, like that means you're doing something right. right? He changed his audience over yes. time. That's what he yes. did and because he was like, "I have principles. Yeah. I don't like what's happening with COVID. Eventually, I don't like this woke shit. Yeah, I'm gonna take the audience with me. Yeah, and I'm gonna lose some on the way. Yeah, right. But you're saying in these other shows that that is more difficult." I, well, I was going to say Bill would complain if he would get ooze sometimes. So it's uh-huh. like, I always saw it as good that he was getting ooze. I always thought like, uh-huh. dude, that's good that you're not. But that's the thing, like as comedians, you want to kill, right? Yeah, so, sure. Yeah, of course. Um, some of us can't though. <laughs> um, so, uh, it's always their fault. Uh, so, so, I, so it becomes this thing of how am I going to do well on tape? Right. Mm-hmm. So then you're almost working backward from like, I tried this point of view yesterday. It got like nothing. Right. So then even or if you do a rehearsal doesn't go well, then you're like, I can't I don't want to say this because I'm just going to eat shit. Right. Um, so you've got to feed that. And then you just get in this feedback loop of you say that it goes viral, feels good. And then you just get into that thing. Now, having said that, knowing all these people none of them are changing their point of view to get likes or get um virality like i can tell you i've known seth from before he hosted update i've known trevor from before he hosted the daily show like they're not that they 
Trevor's very naturally reconciliatory. Um, like it's just his natural. I always did a joke with him. He's like half black, half white, half man, half fish. <laughs> like he's just at half, like he is walking reconciliation. So I can understand why that it's frustrating or sort of eh, kind of makes you roll your eyes a little bit. But I know where they're coming from. It's like Seth, I wrote for Seth on the correspondence dinner. It wasn't, we made fun of, I don't, the tone hasn't changed very much, you know? He was, we were one of, the, again, one of the early making fun of Trumps, but, um, so I don't, I don't think the tone, I don't think anyone's gotten the job and changed their tone very much. It's interesting, yeah, and because you do see all of these guys, and again, as someone who is a disaffected liberal, I go, I would just like someone on the right as well to be on a show and have a little bit more teeth as well. And I'd like someone on the left to be like, you know what, you are nuts. And but talking about their own side, it would just be so refreshing. And actually, it would also make the shows more popular and it would, it would give them more relevancy because I think that's what's happening now. The, the more popular thing I can't speak to, mm -hmm. like I don't, I truly have no idea. I think what makes these shows popular is charisma and then celebrities, but, hmm. um, but the, I think Mar does it really well. And I, I watch Mar as religiously as any of these other shows, but, and then Greg Gutfeld has the Fox show. Mm -hmm. That's apparently very popular and more popular than Colbert and all these other shows. So. So, yeah, I don't know what they, none of them are lying. And that's how I feel about Joe. Whenever someone talks about Rogan, I'm like, he is not doing this for attention. He's not, he literally is like, oh, it's, the, it's I'm curious. Or he really is just a guy talking, a guy experiencing the world and broadcasting it. And as someone who used to do it in his garage, it's the same thing. You guys said it last week. It's the same thing. There's just more security. He's <laughs> a lot more. That, I, I completely agree with you. You know, we, we did a three and a half hour conversation this time with Joe. And then we went to see him at the club later that night, hang out in the green room. I mean, what he's talking about on stage is exactly the same stuff he was talking yeah. with us in the green room. And it's exactly the same thing that we talked about on the show. It's very authentic. To, yes. and, but people try to read a lot into it. And I, I certainly wasn't saying that I think people are pretending to have opinions that they don't have. It just feels to me, maybe it's the disaffected, maybe I've got older and be, become less liberal. I don't know. But it just kind of feels a little bit lacking teeth for me. I I agree. They also have the, 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 um, the advertiser thing. And again, none of them I've never seen or spoken to any of them about I need to worry about Procter and Gamble. But <laughs> there is they are kind of there to get a rating. Hmm. That's yeah. that's they have to get or they will lose the job. Um so so I now but having said that, I don't think any of them are um steering the wheel toward liberal hegemony. We'll be back with our guests in a minute. But first, do you remember the Canadian trucker protest in 2022, where thousands of Canadians came out to protest COVID restrictions and vaccine mandates? Now, these protests lasted for weeks and the people out on the streets needed funds, as any grassroots protest would. So people set up online crowdfunding campaigns, which raised millions of dollars. Incredible. But... Once the Canadian authorities had started to criticize the crowdfunding platforms, ramping up pressure to close the campaigns, it didn't take long for the biggest crowdfunding platform, the one we've all heard of, to completely capitulate and shut the campaigns down. Now, this is where our partners Give, Send, Go come in. They stepped in when the other platforms backed off and raised millions of dollars for the truckers. When they were criticized and dragged through the Canadian courts, Give, Send, Go said it respected diverse views and believed hope and freedom are values worth fighting for. This is why we're proud to partner with Give, Send, Go. So, if you need to crowdfund for whatever means the most to you, then don't go to the big tech platforms. We recommend you do it on Give, Send, Go. 
Starting a campaign on GiveSendGo is easy and intuitive. Go to GiveSendGo.com today. That's GiveSendGo.com to start raising money for whatever is important to you. And now, back to the interview. And are you excited, cre uh, creative? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't look it. <laughs> I've never seen you look excited. Um, are, you, are you excited creatively? Because it is a good time for people like you who to play with, these, with the tension that comedians always play with. Uh, what are you looking to create? Uh, obviously, stand-up specials. What, what, what things are you thinking about? The right only now? things that I, I, the only thing I'm looking to create is uh, just more material. That mm. I, my own, the only, my only like prayer creatively is is uh, is a rich harvest. I just want ideas and I want jokes, but I don't. I having done worked on Chappelle Show for three years, it, it's so hard that I don't, and I help Trevor out on The Daily Show every once in a while, and it's just, I don't like the lifestyle. It's like very much like an office job, so, um, whereas this is a house job. <laughs> um, yeah, like I don't, I don't, I don't, I also think that stand-up is the coolest thing a person can do. I just do, like I, and that's having done a great TV show, I still, the Chappelle show was good because it was so stand-up-y to me. Um, but the idea of having to go to an office 40 weeks a year and like backpack and um, the job of going and talking is so cool and having no editor other than yourself and the audience is such a... Um, it's a guys, I'd say this, it's a blessing. <laughs> it's, Hashtag blessed. No, it is it's just an incredibly cool job. It's I think the thing which stand-up gives you, and you see with a lot of these guys, it's a freedom. It's yeah. a, you're not answerable to anyone. You just go out there, you've got your audience, you do your material that you believe in, that you've worked on, and that you will present. And then it will it will it will rise or it will fall on its own merits. Yeah. And and it's it's uh if it's good, it, it lasts a long time. Mm. You know, there are, Bill Burr said to Seinfeld on Comedians in Cars, he was like, you've ruined so many things for me. <laughs> Meaning if like Jerry, for instance, or Burr is another good example, or Patrice O'Neill are guys that like, once you hear something a certain way, it changes your perception of that thing forever. You know, um, like Patrice O'Neill has a bunch of, sexual harassment jokes that are that are like definitive and it changed it changed my mind for i mean it, or or it certainly locked my mind in or or burr has a bunch of those or like or dave or chris or just there are people that have can be can make definitive things i just like it better myself i watch pretty much every stand-up special and i watch no sitcoms and i just never really have i just don't enjoy them that much i like sketch shows i like late night and stand up. Why don't you why don't you like sitcoms? Do you find it contrived? I just find it and I said this to Jerry on Comedians and Cars like it just they just seem to be like every time I turned on they were worried about a jacket. Like where's the jacket? It was always just like what they're worried about and we got to go over here. <laughs> just it just it doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. In a I don't know, it just doesn't like that genre doesn't work very well. Have you for, seen Peep Show? No. I'm guessing show. you have. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, I. Seth Meyers told me about Peep Show for. He's been telling me for 20 years about Peep Show. Genuine. I've heard. No, I believe it. British sitcoms are good. A, a yes, much better I, than American. Whenever I see clips, I'm like, that's fucking funny. Yeah. But I don't. I don't like the. I like bite-sized things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which which is absolutely fair enough. So, who are the comedians for you that influence you, Neil? That you looked at, and when you were coming up. You were like, oh my God, I would, if I could be half as good as them. Hicks, obviously, as, as I mentioned, um, Dave Attell, mm. Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Brian Regan doesn't get enough credit. He's a, an amazing American comedian. Um, uh, and then Burr, Patrice, I'd say currently like Mulaney, I think is excellent. Um, 
Wanda, I think Sarah, Sarah Silverman's like been under, I like, cause I kind of grew, I met her when I was 15 or something. So I never really, and then a couple of years ago, I was like, she's fucking really good. Um, and then like Rodney, kind of like the one liner, like Rodney, Joan Rivers, that sort of like, did you guys see the Joan Rivers documentary? No. There's a documentary about her where you watch it and you go, oh, I will never say a bad, like has index card like libraries full of jokes that she's collected and written for 50 years like people that work hard uh are like that's a different category but it's still it's it's a big uh it means you know it's like it's a hard job like you have to you have to really grind at it so and i'm sure i'm forgetting 15 people but. of course you are you always are when you talk about the well, Brits. Well, <laughs> hey, hey watch your tongue <laughs> Um, and what was Hicks like, by the way, to work with him? To I didn't. I just met him once. Yeah. So I, he was just kind of like after a show. Yeah. The interesting thing about it is, I it was at a club in New York, and it was a uh, he was there for the weekend, Thursday through Sunday, and I went to the Sunday show, and it was like two thirds empty. Wow. And this is six months before he dies. So this thing, he was big in the UK, but yeah. he was still like largely unknown in the states yeah you can't be a prophet in your own homeland as they say correct as they say as they say yeah but neil it's been a pleasure great we're this gonna is go totally to painless well <laughs> you know what before we go uh to locals inflict some pain yeah why do you watch trigonometry um, or listen to it do you watch or listen it's hard to watch yeah <laughs> <laughs> um I, cause I like the, I like heterodox ideology. Um, I like hearing the opposite argument for a thing that I've just eaten up. Like I enjoyed like Douglas Murray books. I mm. like seeing somebody, I like watching McWhorter bomb. It's fun. It's meaning I respect it. He McWhorter's not, but I mean, generally Douglas Murray and uh, John McWhorter uh, go to the go to place where they don't bomb. But but they're they're not doing themselves any favors um, by they're not uh, towing the company line. And it it feels more honest, like a podcast like this. It is truly like you're willing to. Um, discuss things that it's the it, you know someone's like that's a controversial topic life's controversial mm. the whole thing is controversial so the fact that i'm supposed to pick a side and never question it or talk about it is insulting so i i enjoy um hearing even uh, in opposite points of view i just like that you guys are willing to talk about it and, yeah. and have people talk about stuff and not, and you are disaffected liberals. Like you are, um, it's one of you more than the other, <laughs> as we established. But, but like, I, I can relate to that point and, and I don't mind. It's the, I don't know who it is, Aristotle or somebody like that. Uh, it's the sign of a advanced mind that you can entertain two ideas at once. I'm, mm. I'm butchering it like you guys butcher my comment. <laughs> but, um, but at least he's dead. <laughs> um, so he doesn't have to be here to watch it. Um, uh, but, uh, but I mean, we did put that. Well, so yeah, yeah. The thing is, I thought I was going to help out, but I actually realized you, as you I was did, saying you that made I, the same mistake. I, I, no, my my mistake was slightly smaller. Yes, but the fact that I also made a mistake made it much worse. I mean, this—that's basically the show as well. Is yeah. I fuck it yeah. up. He tries yes. to help, and, and then, then it's just as bad. Just as bad in a different way. Yeah. So. So I like uh, your. I basically feel like you said, like, do you think we're pretty? Why? <laughs> Why do you watch our podcast? Because I like hearing opposite points of view, and it it feels like a way of th thumbing my nose up at uh, more entrenched liberals. You know, I didn't ask you that question, although it's going to make a fucking great clip to promote trigonometry, yeah. right? Obviously, but I asked you that question because I think you are exactly the sort of person that we're trying to reach when we do what we do, which is somebody who understands that the world is complex 
And we're not, it's not just about reaching people like you because you're there without us, really. But there are lots of people who, who maybe they just, their feed, whatever it is they're being fed, isn't feeding them a nuanced conversation. It's feeding them, you know, bumper stickers, mm-hmm. right? And all we're trying to do is take the bumper sticker and get some interesting people and go, why don't we just zoom, zoom out a little bit and go, what else, what else is there? Why, why is this thing controversial? Why are people disagreeing about it? Well, what it? Because by definition, controversial issues are issues on which many people have a different opinion. Mm-hmm. And that's because people's psychology is different, their genetics are different, their life experiences are different, um, all sorts of things. Their cultures are different. And that's why they need to be talked about in a sensible way. So it, you know, genuinely gratifying to me to hear you yeah, answer that. Yeah, and I don't, I, it's funny, me and Jimmy Carr would send each other maybe like a, a Douglas Murray clip or, or like a Jordan Peterson clip. Again, Jordan Peterson, I'm still trying to find the controversy. I'm like, what? I still don't understand the problem. Look at his Twitter. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, I've heard he's got, but, but, uh, but, but, um, no, I agree. You know what I mean? He's like, making, yeah. it's, it's he's making very good and very yeah. important points. Yeah. And, um, and, and like, yeah, how dare he tell boys to make their bed? Um, the, uh, the, but like we would send each other clips and it felt like we were sending each other like red Fox records or something <laughs> yeah. or like dirty, filthy blue comedy. It's like, uh, it's like blue ideology and it's just a little bit heterodox or like, I don't know, maybe also this. It's also, I've also accepted a long time ago that like, if this many people are conservative, there must be something to it. Like, (laughs) again, I can see where, I can't just go, they're all out of their minds. I'm assuming that it comes from a genuine place. I love those studies where they'll, they'll show like, uh, they're more psychological studies where like conservative people are more averse to watching people vomit have you seen those things where it's like these weird psychological links between conservatives and liberals and like i do think it's that deep mm-hmm. yeah. i really do oh, like, it is. I, yeah it is. it is and it's and it's you can't even i think you they'll be able to tell like in utero who's going to be conservative oh, oh i mean you're this one of the interesting things about uh this idea that your political opinions determine whether you are a moral person or not Right. I mean, obviously, at the extremes, that is right. true to some extent. But it's like fifty percent of your political views are predetermined by your genetics. Yeah. So, so going, oh, you think like this? That's because you've chosen to be about. Mm, no. Not, yeah. Not really also, like, like that. you're not. We're not choosing almost any of this stuff. No. Yeah. It's like you know, as as what's his, uh, Sam Harris doesn't believe like we're we don't make any decisions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have. I have some issues with I that. I do too, yeah. but I'm yeah. just saying, it's like, okay, I get, I see how you came yeah. to that. Yeah. No, but you're right. I mean, conservatives, they crave order. Uh, they have a much lower disgust threshold. The disgust thing drives them a lot more. It's why they find certain things. They can be much more hardline about things because yeah. of that, because it's like, like that. Yeah. And liberals, they crave, you know, openness and Freedom. compassion. Right. And much of what we're seeing, I feel, is like compassion, but that's been weaponized and it's just gone out of control. People's and it's also, I always see it as like compassion without limits. And it's like, you know, there's gotta be some, like we need a, whenever people bring up immigration, I go, how many people should we let in? What's your number? And they never, no one ever asked that. You just go, no, no, what's the number? What's the right amount? What to you is the right amount? And there's dishonesty on both sides where it's like, we can't have any. And it's like, well, then the fucking economy is going to dry up. if We don't have any, or we have as many all you can eat <laughs> um which are they're both they're both bad policies yeah so but uh, i don't i will say there's not i don't think there's very many of me so don't get your hopes up in terms of people that are i'm a pain in the ass like i've been a pain in the that's ass that's why we like yeah. you right no but i'm saying that makes me a good me- comedian but i don't think there's a lot of people that are um uh, like when you guys like you're hoping to get people like me, I don't know that there are many. I, again, I could be wrong, but I I think that there are more people that are hopefully, and maybe there will be, maybe there won't be, but more people willing to question things. Be like, what is the what? Why? What is what? like? Let me watch some Jordan Peterson and see if there's an issue here. And then you watch him and go, I don't see an issue. Whatever. So 
I but I don't think most people are willing to uh and they don't have the time because I don't have a wife or kids, so <laughs> I got fucking endless time. Um but you know, it's people have people are busy and they are more willing to just go, What's the what opinion am I supposed to have? Fine, I'll just put that name tag on and not question it because I don't have I, my wife's gonna yell at me if I if I watch too many videos. I mean it's very true. Neil, what a pleasure. Final question as always, what's the one thing we're not talking about? That we really should be. Bed bugs. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, I, I it's the. It, I would say it's the the decision making process that we all are going through, which is like these are we can have split decisions or have uh, mild majorities. There, I have mild majorities about pretty much everything. And I wish people would stop pretending that it's a everything is a hundred percent held belief. I just think it's dishonest. You're gonna have to leave LA in order to get that. <laughs> oh well, then I'm then I'm I'm gonna have to live with it because I love <laughs> I love this city. Um, no, yeah, I I'm with you, but but I think there's it doesn't require a ton of bravery. It's just a matter of like, eh, or just assume it about most people. Instead of it, it also makes arguing with people more um, humane, and you're it. You don't you don't sort of brand them immediately as like a zealot. Like I'm not a zealot mm-hmm. about too much. I can be persuaded to believe anything. <laughs> I kind of believe that though. Like I, I'm not. I'm not. Um, I think assuming zealotry from other people is uh and i i you hate to bring up israel but it's a good example of like whoever the last person to talk to me is i believe i'm on their side <laughs> you know what i mean it was like okay I, then i yes it was an occupation uh, nope that was wrong and like just going back and forth and and not knowing i don't i have no i don't know for most issues i the more you investigate it the more can the more confused, the, the less convinced you are. Yeah. Finally, you've gotten my material. <laughs> uh, yeah. The more, the more you investigating, the more you investigate something, the more confused you become. Yeah. yeah. There's a great Paul Weller lyric, which goes, "The more I know, the less I understand." We, you go, I kind of nailed it on that. Yeah. Neil, you know what? I I always say this because it's my job. But I really do mean it. It's been an absolute pleasure of a conversation. Yeah. I look forward to hearing what our fans want to ask of you on Locals, which is where we're going to go next. So head on over there and we'll continue the conversation. How do you write, Neil? Before you go, consider joining our exclusive member feed. As a member, you'll get ad-free and extended interviews. Click the membership link in the podcast description or find the exclusive episodes link on your podcast listening app to join us.